More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, hour number three, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I hope all of you are having fantastic days, wherever you may be across this great country or this great land. I know people are listening all over the world. And speaking of all over the world, that's where Buck is right now this week on his honeymoon with the lovely Carrie. He will be back next week. I am rolling with you guys for the rest of this week and on potentially into the start of next week, depending on how travel goes. But Buck will be back with me next week for those of you out there uh, listening along. Now, uh, speaking of all over the world, we've got Chinese spy balloons all over the world. And I saw something that I thought was pretty strange last night on CBS News. CBS came out and said that we had seen the spy balloon from the moment it took off in China and that we had been tracking it all the way for a week until it reached Alaska. This is, I think, an important revelation, assuming it's true. Always have to throw that caveat in there. Assuming this report is accurate, I want you to listen to it And then I think we need to dissect some of the implications that come out of this statement. Listen. CBS News has just learned that U.S. intelligence watched the high-flying airship as it lifted off near China's south coast. That means the U.S. military had been tracking it for nearly a week before it entered U.S. airspace, longer than originally known. What they saw was this balloon heading east from China towards Guam and Hawaii, but then it took a sharp northward turn, a beeline towards Alaska. They also revealed today that the three subsequent objects they shot down probably were not involved in spying. Okay, so all of that's kind of an important report. But let's start here. According to the CBS report, American intelligence had been, quote, tracking this Chinese spy balloon for nearly a week. Now, 
If that sounds strange to you, it certainly sounds very strange to me. Uh, And Senator Josh Hawley, who we may have on later this week, when I shared this clip on social media, reacted as well uh, and said uh, something that I think is very important and certainly is one of the implications that comes out of this. Senator Hawley tweeted, he didn't shoot it down. Well, so I asked the question. Let me start with what the question that I immediately asked. Uh, So when I hear that we've been tracking this Chinese spy balloon for nearly a week, that means when it entered into United States airspace, I believe it is 12 miles off the coast of the United States or any other sovereign nation, that's considered to be our airspace. And that makes some sense, right? If you think about it, I I looked it up because I was curious. How far off the coast is it considered to still be the United States, for instance, as opposed to international waters. The answer is, in general, about 12 miles off the coast of a mainland is when uh, we enter into international waters. If you're out there listening to me right now, and you are, let's say, perhaps 18 years old, and you have ever been on a cruise ship, and you might have noticed, hey, I can gamble and I can drink on this cruise ship, only takes 12 miles off the coast, you hit international waters, boom, you can drink and you can gamble. A lot of you out there right now like, man, I wish I'd known that on spring break. Yeah, you get on a cruise, you don't even have to break out the fake ID, you can walk into the casino, you can drink international waters 12 miles off the coast of a country, has its own law. Okay, so that's fascinating. But if we have been tracking this for nearly a week, How is it that we didn't shoot down this Chinese spy balloon as soon as it entered either our territorial waters, right, 12 miles off the coast, and certainly as soon as it entered into Alaska? Now, we were told early on something that I think is a lie, and I think it's been proven a lie based on the way things have gone of late. Remember, what was the initial response from the Biden administration when people like me came on this radio program and said, shoot the damn thing down. Remember, I told you that if I was, heck, if I was governor of a state, I would have shot it down. Again, remember last hour I said, like, my kind of rule for life is just be normal? I think for most people, if a Chinese spy balloon is in your jurisdiction, your response would be, well, that violates our national sovereignty. Let's shoot it down. I think that's like 75, 80% of Americans would have that natural reaction. So I would have shot it down. But the Biden administration said, well, we're concerned about what might happen to others if we shot down the balloon. Well, that totally has gotten thrown out the window because we just found out on, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, that one of the objects that we shot down over uh, Lake Huron up in northern Michigan, the first missile missed. I don't think this is getting enough attention right now. The first missile we fired from a fighter jet that was designed to take down this object in Michigan, it missed. That means we just sent a missile flying off into Michigan. And the initial reports for like a day were they didn't know where it was. 
Then they came out and they said, well, it's fine. It just landed somewhere in Lake Huron. So the Biden administration was so afraid to shut shoot down a massive balloon that was spying on us from China, even though, as you well know, if you have ever flown over the United States, there are tons of places you could shoot down a spy balloon and it wouldn't come anywhere near another human. Yet, they missed this other thing that they tried to shoot down the first time that they tried in Michigan, and a missile just randomly went into Lake Huron. Can you imagine if you're just a random dude, and you're out in Michigan, and you're like, man, I swear a missile just hit Lake Huron. All of your buddies would be like, it's winter, and you've been drinking way too much, bud. You're like, no, man, I'm telling you, this huge missile just slammed right into Lake Huron. I think we're under attack from China. Maybe the Russians are here. It's Red Dawn. Everybody would have said, dude, it's northern Michigan. It's the winter. You've been drinking too much. There's no way a missile just hit Lake Huron. Oh, it did, because we missed. So the argument that it wasn't safe to shoot it down when you have later decided to shoot down something smaller and actually miss doesn't hold a lot of water to me. Just FYI. But if we knew for a week that this Chinese spy balloon was on the way here, why in the world didn't we shoot it down? Senator Josh Hawley tweeted last night a really interesting response when I shared the story that you just heard. Senator Hawley said he didn't shoot it down over Alaska because the military and intelligence agencies didn't tell him about it until it had left Alaska. Let that sink in tells you who really runs this country. That's a blockbuster idea. And it's one that I've hinted on about on this program. How many people actually trust Joe Biden in this administration? Remember how every time you opened up the New York Times, the whole time that uh, that uh, Donald Trump was in office or the Washington Post, there'd be some anonymous source saying, oh, we don't trust Trump, so we don't tell him X or Y or Z. And we talked about that as being a part of the deep state. Because really, whether you trust the president or not shouldn't impact whether you do your job. Because your job is to serve the commander-in-chief. He is the express head of the United States government. And so just because you think he's not doing a good job doesn't mean that you have the authority to choose not to give him the information that allows him to do the job. But how much is going on right now inside of the United States government? They didn't trust Trump. How much right now is going on inside the United States government where people say Biden has dementia we're just not even going to tell him about this stuff. Because that's scarier to me. We have a Chinese foreign aircraft penetrating our airspace. My immediate response is we shoot the damn thing down. But what if they just didn't tell Joe Biden for several days that this was even here? Because they didn't trust his ability to make a decent decision. What if these agencies, these spy groups, 
are actually doing whatever they want without American oversight from our commander-in-chief. You want to talk about real threats to democracy? Remember, Milley said, General Milley, that if Trump wanted to do anything to China, he would call China first. Well, excuse me, that's treason. If the President of the United States orders you to do something to a foreign adversary, and the first thing you think to do is pick up the phone and call the foreign adversary and let him know what might happen, you are directly subverting your responsibility to act on the guidance of the commander-in-chief. But what if internally Joe Biden as seen right now as so uniquely incompetent that they aren't even telling him major issues of national security because they don't believe he can analyze them and make a rational decision on behalf of the country. That's democracy dying in darkness, Washington Post. That's news that's fit to print the New York Times. What if our national security apparatus is so convinced that Biden is incompetent that they aren't even giving him information that is integral to being able to be the President of the United States. That seems like a big story. That seems, in fact, like a monstrous story. That seems, in fact, like the kind of story that should be leading every news outlet in the country because it would suggest that Joe Biden is not actually running the country. So who is? And what do they want? And who are they having to answer to? Who is sending the orders in the United States right now? That's a big question that all of us should be asking in the wake of this Chinese spy balloon debacle and the fact that we're firing missiles off into Lake Huron that we can't even manage to track. That, to me, seems like a really big deal. We'll take some of your calls, uh, 1-800-282-2882. You're probably not going to hear that discussed very many places, but that is very significant. Um, and I also want to play you a clip. Damar Hamlin, a uh, football player who was injured uh, in that football game, is now come back. He was asked directly what caused his heart issue, and he declined to answer it. Plus, you're not going to believe what one Georgia state senator is saying about former Georgia resident Clarence Thomas. we got a lot of things to hit associated with that. But in the meantime... I got to tell you, as we roll into this third hour of the program, there are a lot of things out there that are constantly an issue in this country. And one of them, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is all the cybercrime that is going on on a day-to-day basis. That's why you need LifeLock. Uh, the Internet has allowed criminals access to information the likes of which we've never seen before. And one of the best things you can do to protect yourself from that is LifeLock by Norton. Uh, they will see when your information starts to be used online. They'll help you to craft protection. It's incredibly important for you to be able to protect your good name and your good credit. Remember, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Identity theft protection starts here. Join now and save 25% off your first year with promo code CLAY. 
Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com and use that promo code CLAY, C-L-A-Y, for 25% off. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my from this idea of, what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television Today, here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture, and a little bit of Rappaport's reality the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Got a great caller out there who wants to talk about the missile uh, and the fact that we managed to miss in uh, Michigan trying to shoot down this object, and then it went into... Uh, the water of uh, of le- the lake up there, and it's really kind of crazy to think about. Terrence, Panama City, Florida, you are a former commander of the 170th Fighter Squadron. What did you think about the miss and the one uh, and the missile going into Lake Huron up there? Well, uh, you know, there's a thing called PK, potential kill, 
and each missile has a potential kill. And the missile is just like any other machine. They don't, not every one of them is going to work. That's why you, you come in with multiple missiles on. I understand that the, the uh, F-16 was out of uh, the uh, squadron at Madison. I used to be in that squadron as well. And uh, I'm sure they had uh, four sidewinders on and four AMRAMs on, on board. So they were going to be able to uh, uh, complete the mission. Uh, so uh, uh, that's not that unusual. Now, when the missile comes off, if it doesn't find its target that it says to itself, hey, I've gone stupid, and what it will do is it will self-detonate so the enemy can't get our missiles and, and uh, reverse engineer them. But does that so tie I, into my, my question for you? When the Biden administration says it's not safe to shoot down a Chinese spy balloon because of what might happen, and then we try to shoot down this other object in Michigan – but it ends up that we miss, and this missile goes off out of uh, out of the miss. Like it does call into question whether safety was the reason we didn't shoot down the Chinese spy balloon, right? No, no, that that, that they should have been shooting it down right away. Of course, yeah. I would not use the sidewinder on it myself because it, it it also has what's called a proximity fuse, and when it gets close to the target, and if it thinks it's going to miss. It launches, a, it explodes the proximity fuse. And it's just like, you know, a carpenter has those uh, rulers that they fold up, and it folds out like that, and it'll try to hit the target anyway. So they were, uh, uh, whoever made that decision, they were going to uh, destroy that gondola that was underneath the balloon with, with a sidewinder. They could have they started shooting down the, uh, the balloon with their, uh, their cannon and, they said that uh, it, uh, the gun door, they haven't tested the gun door above 50,000 feet. Excuse me. This could be a possible war. Who cares about the gun door? <laughs> you know, hell, hell with the gun door. Take the gun door off. They had three days to go out and test this damn gun above 50,000 feet before they decided to shoot it down. They should have uh, They should have went up there with the gun door off and saw that thing in half and let that thing drift down. The balloon punctured the balloon and let the, the balloon drift down. That's what they should. Thank, thank you for the call. I, I think there's a lot of people out there nodding along. I wish we had you making decisions about how to shoot down the Chinese spy balloons instead of Joe Biden. Heck, I wish we had almost anybody making decisions instead of Joe Biden, and that's what I'm afraid of. I think a lot of people have made that decision that they don't want uh, for Joe Biden to be trusted as the commander-in-chief to make decisions. That's why they're hiding information from him. Uh, speaking of shoot-downs, gun owners, have you heard or taken note of Manus X? Great new kind of training tool. Great way to train from home instead of out on the range. Mantis X will attach to your firearm like a weapon light, give you data-driven, real-time feedback on technique, and guide you through drills and courses. Almost everyone using this, 94% in fact, improved within 20 minutes of using the Manus X. Project used by Special Forces, Marines, and our Army. Military-grade technology at an affordable price. You can order it and have it shipped. It's a must-have for every gun owner. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Talking about the craziness around all of these shot down objects, including a missile flying off into Lake Huron after it managed to miss its target 
and how much that calls into question the Biden administration's initial claim that it wasn't safe to shoot down the Chinese spy balloon. Meanwhile, they got missiles landing all over Lake Huron. Um, we've had a variety of really good conversations. We talked uh, about the big train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, with Congressman Bill Johnson. We talked about the attempt to curtail doctors from sharing their true opinions uh, with Dr. Scott Jensen uh, in Minnesota. And I wanted to play a couple of cuts for you here that I thought were strange. Uh, DeMar Hamlin, we know, collapsed on the field during Monday Night Football. Now, on a positive note, he was on the field for the Super Bowl on Sunday, introduced alongside with the medical team. He did his first sit-down interview with Michael Strahan, uh, and Michael Strahan asked what caused his issue. This was the response. Peak physical condition. Could run circles around me right now. (laughs) (laughs) How did doctor describe what happened to you? Um, that's something I want to stay away from. Wow. Can we just play the the, the, the question there? Because I want you to hear it again. Because when I heard it, I was like, wow, that's a staggering answer. Michael Strahan asked DeMar Hamlin, who collapsed on the field and may well have died without the assistance of medical professionals, what happened to him, and he says he wants to stay away from it? Listen. Peak physical condition can run circles around me right now. (laughs) (laughs) How did doctor describe what happened to you? I think we cut off his answer there. Um, uh, that's something I want to stay away from. Um, that's something I want to stay away from. How strange does that strike many of you? Because when I heard this, I thought that's something you want to stay away from. That's actually the single most important thing we all need to know. Because whatever happened to Tamar Hamlin that almost killed him on the football field could happen to another athlete somewhere else. And so what happened to him, now that we know he's recovered, is actually the single most important thing that all of us need to know. So what did doctors tell him? And how are they not sharing their diagnosis publicly? What is this, um, that's something I want to stay away from? I wish I had been doing this investigation, this interview, I should say, instead of this investigation, because I wouldn't think it would turn into an investigation. But sometimes when you get an answer like that, you have to really follow up. Because my first thought when I saw DeMar Hamlin go down was, oh man, this is awful. I hope I never see this happen again. And that's usually what happens, right? People, when something tragic occurs... There's an investigation, there's a determination of what happened, and you try to ensure that it never happens again. But what did we see happen in the case of DeMar Hamlin? Almost immediately, everybody came out and said, you can't even mention the COVID shot or any of the heart-related conditions that we currently know are existing. I wanted to tie this DeMar Hamlin clip in 
with a clip we played a little bit earlier in the show, if I could, of CBS acknowledging that there now is a 30% increase in heart attack deaths among people aged 25 to 44. And what did CBS attribute it to? Young people weren't wearing masks enough. Listen to this cut. They're not even denying the data now. And see if there might be a connection, potentially, between the two. Do we know why younger people might be more at risk? or We don't know for sure. And in fact, these death certificates are probably not even capturing the fact that they might have had COVID. They're really just saying, did you die from a heart attack or not? What we do know, however, is that younger people were less likely to protect themselves against COVID than older people, less likely to mask, less likely to take other mitigation measures. And they were also farther back in line to get vaccinated. So they were not protected with vaccination until later in the pandemic. Okay, let's stop it. Let's stop it there for a minute. We've reached the you can no longer deny what the data is telling us stage. Right. Because even on CBS, they're coming on and they're saying, well, there's an outrageous increase in the number of young people dying of heart attacks. Twenty five to forty four years old, up 30 percent. I mean, that's a lot. Put that into context. Murders went up at 30% in this country in the wake of George Floyd. And crime has been one of the top topics in America everywhere ever since. Well, heart attacks among 25 to 44-year-olds, they almost never happen. And here we've got an acknowledgement that they're up 30%, the same rate, by the way, that murder was up, that everybody was pulling their hair out and saying, we can't allow this to happen. And what do they say? Young people didn't wear their masks enough. Young people didn't get the COVID shot enough. That is their theory. The data is there. We've moved from this isn't happening, because that's what people used to say, to Now they're trying to come up with a reason that it's occurring without connecting it to all of the young people who got COVID shots. And DeMar Hamlin won't answer a question about what his doctors told him? I'm sorry. We desperately need to know why all of these young people are suddenly dying of heart attacks. And why I think it's going to continue to get worse. We've never seen a player like DeMar Hamlin drop on the football field and almost die. What caused that? It's the single most important question now that we know he's going to live. Because we don't want that to happen again. 30% increases that we are seeing. in heart attacks why why is all of that occurring what's causing it these are very real significant questions that need to be asked in fact if we had an honest media they're the most important questions that might be being asked right now Because a 25-year-old who suddenly has a heart attack and dies should be living until he or she is 75 or 80 years old based on actuarial tables. 
Not only can you not ask the questions, you can't even come up with hypotheses right now that are legitimate. I mean, imagine being a doctor and going on CBS and explaining that heart attack deaths are up 30% because young people didn't wear masks enough. First of all, masks don't work. So that's a laughably absurd proposition in the first place. But if you wonder why there's so little trust in our public health experts, it's because we get lied to all the time. And on this show, what we try to do a good job of is not say, hey, this is the definitive cause of this, but we definitely share the data with you. And if the data reflects that people are having skyrocketing rates of heart attack deaths, young people are, shouldn't there be a national demand that we know what's causing that? I mean, when murders went up 30%, everybody was talking about crime and how unacceptable that level of violence was. Well, when you got otherwise healthy 25-year-olds suddenly dropping dead, shouldn't we be asking what's causing that? I think it's one of the biggest stories that's going on right now in the nation's public health, and almost nobody's talking about it. And I don't think it's crazy at all to ask the question, could this in some way be connected to all the young people that were forced to get COVID shots, to go to college, to go to high school, to play sports, when COVID posed them a statistical risk of zero? We know we failed our kids in terms of shutting down school. But what if that's just the tip of the iceberg? What if we actually killed kids by forcing them to get a shot they had absolutely no reason to get. And how in the world is every media member with an ounce of sanity, with a scintilla of uh, respect for their job and their audience, not asking these same questions? Couldn't stop thinking about it when I heard those two clips in conjunction one with the other. Close up with your shows, 800-282-2882, 800-282-2882. Uh, love to close out with your calls. Load them up, and we will finish the Wednesday edition of the program then. Uh, in the meantime, I want to tell you, how many of you out there right now are paying way too much money for your cell phones? I bet a huge majority of you are. And how many of you are paying cell phone bills that are way too high to cell phone companies that hate the things you stand for and believe in? Well, if you got T-Mobile, AT&T, and Verizon, you're not only spending too much, they're using the money they make off you to embrace woke politics and woke cultural issues. You need to be with Pure Talk. They're a no-contract wireless company that offer a 100% money-back guarantee and will save you a bundle. Same service, same exact phones. You will just be paying your process. Here's how you switched. Just dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, and you get 50% off your first month. That's pound 250, say Clay and Buck. Pure Talk is simply smarter. Wireless restrictions apply. See site for details. 
Subscribe to CNB 24-7 and never miss a minute of Clay and Buck while getting behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. It, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. A uh, bunch of people who want to weigh in on a variety of topics. Going to get to you in a sec, but I wanted to make sure we played this. Uh, Clarence Thomas. They are talking about giving him a statue in Georgia. This is a guy who rose from poverty in rural uh, Georgia on the coast to rise to the level of Supreme Court Justice, one of the most influential individuals in the history of the American legal system. A state senator in Georgia opposed the idea because he said Clarence Thomas was an Uncle Tom 
Listen to this audio. Place a statue of Clarence Thomas on this grounds. We cannot avoid that conversation, so I'm not going to avoid it either. In the black community, we have uh, an expression, and I don't want to use this label too deeply here because I'm just trying to tell you what we have in African-American community. When we talk about a person of color that goes back historically to the days of slavery and that person betraying his own community, we have a term in the black community. That term that we use is called uh, Uncle Tom. And Uncle Tom is a either a fictional or non-fictional character. I don't really know the origin of Uncle Tom, but it talks about a person who back during the days of slavery sold his soul to the slave masters. I I feel like I I wanted to give you a little preview for tomorrow. I've got so much that I want to say about that clip. That's a preview. Get your popcorn for tomorrow on Clay and Buck because I'm going to be reacting to it. Uh, But for now... I just wanted to give you a little bit of a taste of what was to come. Uh, let me go grab some of these calls now. Uh, I'm going to ask you to be fast so I can get as many of them in as possible. Mike in Cincinnati reacting to a variety of topics throughout the show. Mike, what you got for us? Uh, I'm going to talk about the railroad de- derailments. Uh, people should be expecting more. Just in my area, we cover three major yards. Three years ago, we had 30 mechanics that inspected and did air brake tests on these trains. We're down to eight carmen which is a mechanic that work on the cars, and we're expected to cover these three yards just with eight people. Uh, we're being told to do shortcuts. Uh, and this FRA, is in the name, I presume, sorry to cut you off, I presume this is in the name of eliminating costs so the railroads can be more productive in theory, right? Exactly. It's nothing about, uh, it's just for the stockholders. So millionaires and billionaires can get an extra dime on the return. And so you think because of this, the safety of our American railway system is impacted, and you think that potentially could have been involved in the tragedy that happened uh, in uh, East Palestine, Ohio? Oh, definitely. Uh, they're not being looked at like they should be. And uh, right. they're being ran without being looked at. And it's it's a shame because it's all about nothing but money for millionaires and billionaires to make a little bit Thank more you. money. Thank you for the call. If he's right then there are going to be more and more train derailments going forward based on the situation of not having enough people reviewing these trains and their safety. Uh, Roxanne in L.A., what you got for us? I just wanted to let you know that the problem with our girls isn't just about social media. I have kids ranging from 25 to 17. Yeah, and they started putting tech in the school 10 years ago and so i have kids that are scared to use paper those kids don't even they don't doodle they don't dream they don't use the hand paper connection and they are just on screen all day long for school that is i think the source of the alienation and the disassociation and the feelings of loneliness we can't discount that thank you for the call for for those of you who missed the first hour Uh, I was discussing the massive increase in young teenage girls' suicidal ideations. 30% of teenage girls have thought about suicide in the last year. 57% of them are super depressed. How did this happen? I tied it into, in my opinion, social media, and many of you have been reacting throughout the course of the show. Sally in New Jersey, you want to react as well? Thank you, um, Clay. Appreciate it. 
I, I did want to talk a little bit about the caller who said that as parents, we have to be there for our kids and show them that we have their back, etc. There's no question we have to do that. But I don't want the audience to think for a moment that that is the source of this problem, because there are millions of parents out there who have buried a child or lost a child to the LGBTQ, <coughs> excuse me, the LGBTQ cartel uh, who provided loving stable and safe and intact homes to their children. This is a multi-pronged problem. It's a multi-pronged attack on tradition, on family, on stability, and on mental sanity. And there is no cure-all for it. One thing I would like to add, I don't think it's just social media. I don't think it's just COVID. Um, You know, there are so many things that go into this. But one of the things that people can't overlook is the impact of your kids' peer groups peer group thank you for the call we're literally finishing the show your reactions have been fantastic hug your kids we'll be back tomorrow more than a movie is back with season two i'm your host alex fumero and each week i'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies from the godfather andy garcia he has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of fredo and the coldness of michael to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.